Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Tweet, tweet! Are you a birdie? Do you like to Twitter and tweet? Come find us on Twitter at Victorious Lit. Tweet, tweet! Warning, this episode contains spoilers of past episodes. If you are not current with the show, if you have not listened to the very last episode of season four, this might be a good time for you to hit the stop button and skip this episode until you're caught up. Otherwise, you might learn things that you don't want to know yet. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Inside the Music Box. Something a little bit different than what we normally do here. As you know, this is an audio drama, but today, since we're in production for season five, and that requires writing, and story editing, and voice acting, and more editing, and mixing, and scoring, and sound effects. So while we're in production doing all that fun stuff, we thought we would try to keep things interesting and fun for you as the listeners. So we have a couple of interviews scheduled. First one is with Amber Collins. That'll be our interview today. Amber plays Victoria, as you probably know. We also have an interview with Victoria herself planned and a few mini episodes that'll keep things interesting while we're still in production. In addition to the new season, we also have a special show that we're creating set in the world of The Lift for our Patreon supporters. If you're supporting the show at $5 a month and above, then you will get to hear our special series called To Those Who Thrive in the Dark. It's going to dive deeper into some of the mythos and the legends behind The Lift, Things that we talked about and that we set up whenever we were creating the show. Little things that we've mentioned and alluded to throughout the show, but we're going to do a deep dive into that with this new series. Without giving too much away, you'll find out what happens when something that's not supposed to be in Victoria's building makes its way there. You'll also get to see Victoria go up against her brother Merritt and other entities that are living in the building trying to take control away from her. It's going to be a great series. I've already read the first four episodes, and it's a lot of fun. I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and take a look inside the music box with this interview with Amber Collins. So today I am talking to the lovely lady who plays our Victoria Bigglesworth Hayes, Amber Collins. And uh, this is fun because it's it's 6.30 here and it's what, 7.30 there? 6.30 in the yes. morning here, I should say. 7.30 at night there. Yes, it is 7.30. And it's summer over here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know it's uh, we're we're backwards in seasons. There's there's what twelve to thirteen hours difference usually when we're talking. So we haven't done this very often, but um, no, yeah. we probably should more. It's fun, right? Yeah, no, I enjoy doing it. But yeah, like I said, it's probably better morning your time because I am not a morning person. You wouldn't get a word out of me <laughs> until at least after <laughs> eleven a.m. <laughs> yeah, I don't sleep much. It's uh sleep is sleep is the enemy of the of of the writer, so Yeah, yeah. true. I uh, um, for I maybe it's uh, well, you are a voiceover, but I was going to say maybe it's different for voiceovers because sleep is literally my favorite thing to do. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love a good sleep. Uh, yeah. It's just that it doesn't happen as often as yeah, I would like. Yeah, as as often as you like it. Yeah. 
So, so for for those that have never heard Amber's voice before, whenever she's not playing Victoria, this is what Amber sounds like normally. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's a, I have a deep bogan Australian voice, the complete opposite of charming young Victoria. Yeah, very posh and <laughs> proper, and yeah, uh, that's not my voice, mate. <laughs> So, so is this, uh, is this, I mean, is this your normal, like, so one of the things that I've, I've noticed with, you know, a lot of the people that I collaborate with from, from different parts of the world, especially in the South, there's, there's folks that have like a very deep, thick Southern accent, but they're like, well, in the daytime at work, we have to dress up our accent. Um, and then whenever you hear us, when we're not at work, we sound like this. Um, so, so is there a, is there a more, um, uh, relaxed yeah, Amber. <laughs> this is pretty relaxed now. Uh, well, it might be a little bit. It like if I'm uh, again, like if it's if you've caught me at like seven a.m. in the morning, you, it'd probably just be a slur of words. Australians <laughs> are really known for like not properly pronouncing words, so they just all sound like one long like just. Uh, noise <laughs> and that's kind of what I sound like but um <laughs> maybe after a few drinks yeah but like it's a lot more casual than like if I have to record like a phone message like I'll I can do a, a posh Australian voice as they would say but uh yeah this is probably my normal speaking voice and you're you'll probably hear me say like yeah or yeah all right a lot <laughs> probably not the most professional that's awesome uh, <laughs> See, we Americans have these very flat, uh, for most of us, these very flat, um, non, I don't know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it nasally. It's, it's, I, I, I'm a fan of accents, and I think most Americans are too. Like when we hear an Australian oh, yeah, or a accents. British accent or a good German accent, or, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to hear people that sound different. And I think maybe I'm particularly prone to that because, you know, what we do and being audio, yeah. a lot of it is on the ear. So, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to me, the various oh, yeah. ways that people speak. All different American accents. Um, I like, like, yeah, you guys are very good at pronouncing words. We're not so much. <laughs> um, but I think it's like, a, apparently, like, a, Americans find it very hard to do the Australian accent because it's like, it uses a completely different part of the mouth or like different ways of using your like vocal cords or something. But yeah, yeah I, I find it so hard to do an American accent. Like some people can do it. I'm, oh, it it's, it's a, if it, yeah, it makes your like throat and vocal cords feel weird. Like parts <laughs> you haven't used or something. I don't know. And then there's all different types. Like yeah. you have the North and the South, like all, and then different States. <laughs> like, uh, I love hearing like like a Minnesota like obviously kind of accent. Oh yeah, thing. out and about in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if that's a stereotype or not. I just really like that accent. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, I think that you know there yeah. there are stereotypical accents, and it's always funny when you run across someone that actually has that accent, has that you know? voice. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, because you know, like you say, Minnesota. There there are yeah. people that sound more like, like i do fargo. <laughs> right. like, and then yeah. there's those folks that sound like fargo yeah. yeah um you know you get the new england accent too you know where it's uh, can't get there from here i'm gonna yeah. go out there and get some charter today <laughs> well apparently that's the e that's uh like the uh like people who have a new england or like what like boston accent they're the people that can 
potential, like they tend to be the best at the Australian accent. Oh, really? Because there's like certain syllables or something. Yeah, I, I remember watching like this whole mini doc oh, yeah. on like uh, accent specialists and that was the closest you could get to the Australian accent was like the New England American accent. <laughs> I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it's, it's derived from the British accent originally. Um, and yeah, like- ours is... Also, yeah, English is just even lazier, like, English <laughs> accent. It really is. <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, there's oh. there's so much history to it and, and so much, um, I guess, culture involved as well, you know, because there's, it, it, I mean, especially in England, you know, you, you talk about, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, you could tell where someone was from, you know, within a mile or two based upon their yeah. regional accent. Um, but everybody travels so much more and, and, you know, I was talking to, I think Chris Long, uh, about it at one point where we were talking about how much the American vernacular has invaded writing because of movies and stuff like that. So, you know, even writers now tend to use more American words. Um, it's just, just the weird mixing pot of all these different cultures now, but, um, you guys managed to maintain some very interesting colloquial sayings and, um, yeah, we were talking about prior to the interview that, you know, <laughs> uh, there's a, you, you shorten everything. So we shorten everything. And I, I don't know, like, I think the whole thing, like, it's the old adage that a lot of Aussies are lazy. So we just don't want to speak as many <laughs> things. So yeah, we were saying like McDonald's is just called Maccas over here. Um, and like everyone's name will be shortened. Like, uh, my mum's name is like, uh, Julie and uh, but everyone will call it Jules. Yeah, yeah. she hates it. Uh, but everyone will do it. Like I've been called Amber. Like, like, but a lot of people just go, "Hey, Ams, how's it going?" I'm like, "That's not a proper shorten." But it's just, <laughs> like, if it's funny. more than one syllable, it needs to be shortened to one syllable. Like, <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, um, so, so you're Andy. What do people call him? Uh Oh, and sometimes it, here's, here's the thing, like they'll call him Andy, but sometimes mm-hmm. they'll do a short, like a nickname that has the same number of cine, uh, like syllables. So Andy, a lot of time gets called, like not my Andy, but uh, Andy, a lot of the time get called Ando. Like that, hey, yeah, that Ando, he has anything. <laughs> like, It doesn't shorten anything, <laughs> but like sometimes it, it literally makes no, you can't, you'll go inside trying to make rhyme reason out of some of the weird bloody words we say but i'm sure like you listen you hear like uh certain english ones like i love cockney rhyming slang it makes no sense <laughs> like, either. <laughs> but it's really cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's fun <laughs> yeah so so i guess that brings us to to a first question so um how how difficult is it for you to to put on the mantle of victoria and do her accent and what was kind of where where did you pick that up from uh being able uh, to do that proper posh british accent <laughs> i am always self-conscious about that because i i know we have well there's like english people involved in like writing and producing and i'm always like oh they're gonna listen to that and be like who the hell is doing this it's so cringe <laughs> <laughs> um, so i've always got that in the back of my mind and i will uh like i tend to um, when I'm recording, I'm always like, I will listen back to stuff and be like, no, nope, sounded too Aussie or, um, <laughs> and yeah, trying to be posh. Um, and she, like, when I've listened back to a lot of the older ones, she's not very posh. She sounds a bit bloody like Northern 
sometimes like she's from bloody Yorkshire or something. So I'm always like, she could just be a fancy, like maybe she was, you know, fancy upper, maybe holidayed in Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think, I think sometimes she changes. I do <laughs> like <laughs> whatever she feels like, but um, I watched, uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a cinephile and growing up, I, I was a massive, anything UK comedy related from like, be it the 60s to the yeah. early 90s, I would just binge anything and everything. So we like, always growing up, we just muck around and talk in English accents. I have no idea if it's any good or so, but it was just like, <laughs> we'd always be parroting something from like Monty Python Flying Circus or the Goodies or Dad's Army or something like that. Um the two Ronnies, I think, because they're a bit more proper. I used to probably, I'm trying to think of like an actual, like a female, a proper female one that matches. Yeah, because Monty Python was all guys in skirts, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, everyone I just named were like middle-aged men from the 70s and 80s. Um, <laughs> I, oh. I mean, there's a long tradition of that in England. I mean, you know, even whenever yeah. Shakespeare was writing, there were there were no real women in the roles. They were either no. younger men or boys playing women, uh, which is kind of funny because like now, whenever we do voice acting, if we have like a male child, it's always a female voice actor that we go to because it's so hard for. Well, not always. That's that's not true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just naturally. Well, most you know, like uh, most uh, like um. You know, like your big uh, cartoons, anime, they always tend to use female voice talent mm-hmm. for um, male characters. But yet, I remember also reading a thing about that, um, and it's very hard for female, like, uh, to play, like, adult male characters because mm-hmm. uh, we naturally, uh, the way we speak, we go up in certain sentences, whereas mm-hmm. males, it's like, it, it you have to be, like, very, very um, aware of mm-hmm. your manner of speech, not just like your pitch. Um, so it's almost it's it's super hard for like most women to do like a super convincing male uh, voiceover. There yeah. are ones that can do it, um, but apparently it's a lot easier for men to try and do like a convincing female voice. It's it's a weird how like <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Well, I don't know. My woman sounds like this. Oh, that's oh the you Monty know, Python, you, right? You, yeah, I was going to say, you make fun, but uh, they've been down at the local pub. I'm pretty sure I've seen a couple that sound exactly like that down at your local. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, so my, my wife was saying to me the other day, yeah, I don't know, honey, why don't you go out there and do this? That's exactly right. But yeah, I've tried. So terrible. I'm, I would love to like try and do a convincing like male, like because even if I've, in the past where I've done uh, voiceover work mm-hmm. um, like as a male child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's super hard to um like do it in a convincing manner where I don't sound like a girl. It's it's really right. hard. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's tough. It's it's tough. It's you know one of the one of the reasons why um I've I've started to gravitate more to if there are, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because I mean, I think that you a male can like if you're narrating a story. Um, you can you can kind of suggest a female voice by by raising your pitch a little bit. 
Yes. And eventually, oh, yeah. it, it, if the story's long enough, you know, people kind of forget about it and they hear that character and they realize that it's a female character. You oh, just have yeah. to be careful about not going like, oh, hello. You know, that's <laughs> it. it's like yeah. you can overdo it. And, and I've heard, Oh, yeah. I've listened to plenty of audiobooks that like, yeah, if it's a male narrator, you can, you know, like, ah, the slightly higher pitch is the female character. Or like if a female is narrating the voice, yeah, you're like, oh, She'll drop her register pitch. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, I, my preference, at least for the length of the stuff that, that I usually work on, because they're all short stories, is to cast appropriately, you know. So if there is a female character, I usually try to get a female voice actor to play the, the character um, and vice versa. Just unless it's like a couple lines here or there, then I'm not so concerned with it. But if it's an actual yeah. character that's going to show up multiple times through the story, you know, I think casting appropriately makes it a little bit more immersive to the to the listener. Yeah. So one of the one of the questions that was sent in to me that's similar to this question is uh, from uh, from a gentleman by the name of Chris who said Amber Collins you do such an amazing <laughs> job acting as the voice of Victoria what inspired you to do voice acting and how do you enjoy how do you enjoy playing the role? Uh, stop it, Chris! <laughs> oh, you're, you're too kind. Um, uh, what, oh, I uh, I started wanting to do voiceover because at, at the time I was at uni doing a Bachelor of Communications, which is ever, never do one of those. They're completely <laughs> useless. <laughs> I have, I still have a 25k debt from that. Um, <laughs> nice. And I learned more. I think I learned more uh, from audio work doing like freelance, like the lift and a little bit of volunteer work that I did at like a radio station more than I ever did at uni. Um, so, and because I live in Perth, Western Australia, there's not tons of opportunity for people with that degree. Um, I was lucky enough to get a job in the industry, literally, I think, what, it was uh, th three and a half, four years after my I finished my degree. Yeah. Um, and I'm very lucky. Um, so I was like, well, I love doing audio stuff. And in school, I was always, a, I did like, drama and community theater mm -hmm. I was like I like um I want to do my communication stuff like my audio stuff um but I, I don't really want to like do a radio show or something what can I do <laughs> and then uh and yeah I so I was listening to podcasts um uh and I was like oh yeah maybe I could give that a go and I had no idea no one I like no one I knew had any idea how to go about it. Um, so I remember just Googling voice over work, uh, where start, <laughs> like yeah. something like that. And I, I yeah, it was like I got to random sites and I'd only been doing it, I think about four or five months until I saw yours, mainly on the pro boards, which it was like voiceacting.proboards or something, which is still around. It's called something else now. Um, but, there is still stuff on there. So if anyone wants to try, um, I think if you just type uh, Google search voice acting pro boards, like it's it's basically a stepping stone. So there is some paid gigs there, but it's mainly like unpaid. So it's like, it's that whole like, uh, you know, get paid in exposure, but it's also a really good place to learn. Right. So um, I, like I didn't, like I didn't ex expect to get paid for any of those ones because like it wasn't oh, like my... 
I was learning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So um, and my I had terrible mics. I had just a headset mic. It was. <laughs> It was horrible because um, I didn't have, like, I was a uni student at the time. I didn't have the budget. Um, I used to sneak into their recording studio sometimes to, like, nice. use it. But I get, they were just like, all right, get out of there. You're not doing uni work. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it was a shitty headset, Mike. But a lot of the time, because these people, like, a lot of the people who are running the projects, they, because you're, like, doing it, doing their work a lot of a lot of the time they're um, just really passionate about a project and they have no budget or anything. So right. I really didn't mind doing them for people that just wanted to make something like um, I would like, uh, it's a little bit different. Like if a big corporation was like, Oh, we need you to voice something, but oh, we have no money. Or it's like, <laughs> you clearly do. You just don't want right. to pay it. But when it, it, you'd get you, most of the people on there are like, now, look, I, I, I've had this idea for a game for like three years. I'm finally making it. Um, I have absolutely no money, but I really need voiceovers. I'm like, well, that see, I, do, I really don't mind lending my voice to something like that because right. they, like, they're, they're generally passionate about something. And a lot of voiceovers who are generally passionate about something want to just do it kind of thing. Yeah, when you're starting out, you don't really have a budget. You know, I mean, when, when I decided to cast for Victoria – um, previously, I mean, and, and, and you know, this, we, uh, I was yeah. using a computer generated voice that's based upon live voice recordings of children. So I think it's, I think it's called kids talk or something like, but there was it this company wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Yeah. Like, let's be honest for a computer ge- uh, generated voice. She was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I started hiding, I could hide that a little bit by yeah. adding that reverse echo, which is where Victoria's signature voice kind of came from was yeah. in the beginning, trying to disguise the fact that it was computer generated. I mean, it's, it's based upon a real recording, you know, it was a real girl that would record it, yeah. but obviously they take that, manipulate it and make her voice say different words and things like that. And yeah, you know, there were times whenever I would write a line and I would, I would go into that software and, and, you know, test it before I would obviously pay to download the the file. Cause you can like kind of toy around with it. And then once you get it where you want to, you can download it and then there's a fee for it. So um, I realized quickly that it was going to really limit the way that I could write the character. It was obviously going to um, not be a real person. And I think doing an audio drama, it was really important that we had her as somebody with, you know, a, a real, a real person behind it, you know? So there was some, some emotion there. Um, and you know, whenever I posted it, that's, that's kind of how we started out. It was, it was like, there was no budget. This is what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. and as we discussed in the very beginning, you know, as the show grows, as, you know, we get some support for the show and money starts coming in, then obviously I want to pay everybody for what they're doing. And oh, thankfully yeah. we, we evolved to that point. So, you know, <clears throat> Amber does now get paid for, for her work <laughs> has for quite some time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be nice but yeah it's like not that i like yeah thank you very much very appreciated but i love <laughs> like i love the lift and things like that so like it when i when i read um the post i was like hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was more the key to do it so you, you um, did such a good job i remember having to email you back and going okay um you're not actually a child right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember that oh oh man that's so long ago oh gosh I th- yeah i remember 
and I think the first thing I paid you on was a microphone, if I'm not mistaken. And th- and then we we started actually sending you some money. Um, uh, yeah, I was I like um I remember getting and I was like yeah I invested it I oh the first ever mic I got was a bloody uh a good old uh blue Yeti snowball. Oh, there you go. Um, which at the time I see I'm so oh. Thinking back on like six years of audio, I didn't know the <laughs> difference between a dynamic and a condenser, yeah. which I don't need to bore everyone with. But basically, one's good for recording out, like if you don't have a studio, and one's good for recording if you do have a studio. Yeah. I didn't have a studio, and I got the wrong one. So you could hear everyone and their mums. Just like you could hear the person mowing two streets away. <laughs> Like, you could hear planes, you could hear, like, just wind. The neighbor's dog um, barking. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time you were telling me that you had to record in, what was it, like, one-minute segments whenever the traffic light was red at the yes. end of the street? My One of the first ever houses I lived in when I did voiceover was near a major road, and I could only record uh, for two minutes because there was a, about 500 meters away, there was <laughs> traffic lights, so I only had two-minute <laughs> lots. Because I had to wait till the lights went red, and then I'd have like two minutes of recording, and then I'd have to oh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know it's fun to look back on how how we all started with everything you know because you know yeah. I think my first microphone was a blue snowball as well and oh they're good they're really good for what they are like, oh yeah, yeah yeah USB mic um yeah and it's you know it's it's it, it does what it's it does what it's intended to do um but it's obviously as we evolve and our ears get better. Um, I think that we more for ourselves than, than for the, yes. for the listener, because we start to get these bat ears that, that are trained to hear every little oh, yeah. click and every pop day. and yep. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'll ask for like a secondhand advice. Like if I'm doing like recording something at work or something, I'll be like, can you hear that? And they're like, I have absolutely no idea what you're going on about. It sounds like ev- anything, <laughs> like it sounds fine. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you hear that slight? <laughs> and yeah, I think I think we're doing it more, yeah, for our own sake than anyone yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we, we, you know, part of it is too. I mean, especially since you're working in a in a professional recording environment now, you know, you have the best mics, the best earphones, yeah, uh, headphones. So you're hearing things that someone riding in their car listening to a podcast or someone working at the gym at the gym with cheap earbuds in is not yeah. ever going to pick up. They're, um, they're too busy to like worry about that kind of like yeah. there was a slight pop or something and like for example now i'm not panicking but i was slightly anxious because like um i've just got my gaming headset on and i don't <laughs> i i can't i've got no feedback i can't hear myself so i have no idea if i'm like popping or like if if i'm too close to the mic or anything <laughs> so it's gonna be horrible no uh, you're, good. you're good i mean you know, there, there's a little bit of popping here and there but it's not anything that's that's I'll, i would I'll be concerned to the side a bit. It wasn't anything funny I'm concerned about. <laughs> yeah. If you were if you were recording Victoria right now, I'd be like, um, yeah, I think I need you to have to do a redo on this. Yeah. But, but for this, yeah, I, I think we're good. My, because uh, I, I now use a Rode Podcaster, uh, FYI, anyone, like for my home stuff. So if anyone mm-hmm. needs a good, like if you don't have uh, like soundproofing and you need just a USB mic, the Rode, like, I'm not endorsed by them. If they would like to, that would be great. I'd yeah, they're made there in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, the Road Podcast is really good because um, it uh, it has a great. It gets it filters out a lot of background noise yeah. and reverberance, which is really hard to like edit out. 
So it's a really good mic for that. Um, yeah, it's great for for non ideal environments. It's a good starter yeah. mic for you know someone that wants to do voiceover work. Oh yeah, and it like obviously yeah, if I it I can now because I've like worked in a proper studio for a couple of years, I can definitely tell the difference like between the podcaster and a proper studio mic. But for someone like yeah, your everyday kind of person, your podcast is fine quality. We actually have quite a few news. Uh, producers that work for like uh, the local news and things like that. And they all use the podcaster because they can just do it wherever they can, if they need to urgently record something while they're on location or something. Yeah. And if you have a good audio editor, I mean, we can, we can change the the profile of that microphone. We can change the um, kind of the, the peaks and valleys and, and get rid of things that shouldn't be there. We can enhance the highs and lows in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the best is is starting with a, with a good mic, and the the podcaster is definitely no slouch when it comes to capturing a, a good portion of the, the vocal range. I mean, it doesn't capture frequencies that dogs hear, um, like some yeah. microphones do. But it's always been the thing that's funny to me. It's like, why do I care about this in this upper range whenever the human ear isn't going to be able to hear it anyway? Hear so. it. <laughs> so. Along with that, how has how has the portrayal of Victoria involved evolved for you from whenever you first started playing the character? I like it's definitely it's more that um, I think I know how she would say certain things because obviously, like you have the script there and I read them so I can get um, like I read all the bits so I can I can sometimes I'll get it wrong but I read most <laughs> of the script so I know what context. Doesn't right. mean I always get the right context, but um, I've found it a lot easier over the years to say to uh, like know how she would say certain things or how she would react to certain things. Yeah, because it's not like sometimes, uh, and the scripts are always like very well written, but sometimes it's hard to know exactly how a character is meant to say something, mm-hmm. or if that makes. Sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And- Especially in, in prose, because I mean, we started the show and, and a lot of the writers, I mean, even I in the beginning, yeah. we all came to it from being prose writers. So, I mean, we w- we were yeah. writing short stories and not novellas, novels, whatever. Um, and over time, and I think that we, we started doing this more last season, season four, moving to a script format. First of all, selfishly, because for me, it made it a lot easier to edit it. But then I started to realize, you know what, this as a as a voice actor, this makes it a lot easier for a voice actor to kind of find their lines, know what to say, not have to dig through paragraph after paragraph to find, you know, where the quotation marks were. Um, We always tried to bold Victoria's lines, but every once in a while you'd miss one. Not you, me, us, the writers. I would. Yeah, I would. I I. Because even though I'm like reading them and I'll check, I'll just like, oh, yeah, or I'll just. Yeah. (laughs) Then. Oh. Which uh yeah um I that's another I am a voiceover but I'm actually <laughs> severely dyslexic as in like uh I drove my university and uh, teachers up the wall so um <laughs> sometimes I do just miss stuff yeah. <laughs> or I'll say uh, things wrong and Dan's you're very lovely when you're like oh do you mind if we and I'm sure you've just nice enough to um. I'm sure I've made tons of more mistakes that you'd just be like, ah, we, we can use that. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I will say, okay, and this isn't just you, it's every voice actor. Like sometimes they'll miss a, a small line or they'll, they'll say something a little bit differently than the way that it was worded. But I think that that happens in, in movies and any other production as well. Oh, I mean, there's yeah. some ad libbing that goes on or a line gets misread, 
but sometimes it's magical. I mean, sometimes it's just like, you know what? That's so much better than the way it was written. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Um, Cause it comes out natural, right? I mean, that's one yeah. of the things that, you know, I remember Mark Hamill talking about who, who does a ton of voice work and obviously is Luke Skywalker oh, Yeah, and him yeah, just talking about whatever. trying to read the lines in, in the first star Wars movie and just going, who talks like this? Um, <laughs> so, so I think that sometimes that's what happens. Like when we write stuff, it's, it looks great on paper, but whenever you try to get your mouth around it and say it, it just comes out sounding weird. So there are times whenever you and other voice actors will read something and it's different than the way that it was written. And I'm like, that's so much better. Or, you know, a line gets missed and I'm like, well, we don't really need that line. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, there are occasional times whenever I'll go back and say, Hey, you know, on this line, can you do a pickup? We missed this line on this page yeah. or this, oh, this I part of the sentence or whatever, but it's, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Thankfully. Well, it wasn't till I, worked in more like uh like your corporate voiceover that i realized how nice you you bloody are compared to a lot of corporate people <laughs> and also it will be like we don't like the way you said the can we have less of the th and more of the uh <laughs> <I'm>, okay <laughs> like all right <laughs> um the two, the ooh was a little bit too pronounced. So can we just cut that back just a tiny bit? And I, so I'd get that feedback, which yeah. is just like, if anyone who does that kind of work, you're always going to get people that are like that, and you just do it. But then it would, it, I'd get like, uh, do like a, a lift episode that'd be like twenty pages. And I would, and I just get like from Dan going, oh, that was great, awesome, thanks. And I was like, damn, not a single pick up like and it wasn't me going it wasn't me going man i must have smashed it i was like man dan is just really nice <laughs> yeah i mean there's there, there's there's things that you can't there's things that you can fix as a producer and there's things that you can't and, and i think that it's just a lot it's a lot quicker and easier for everybody if we just try to fix what we can um but i mean you're I'd say you're at a good 97 to 98 percentage of the time oh, that it's exactly yeah. what it's supposed to be, or it's better than what I was expected. And I find <laughs> yeah. that, especially when I'm writing, when I'm writing the stories, you know, like I, I hear Victoria say things in a certain way, and then you say the line, and I'm like, oh, that's so much better than the way that I was thinking it was going to sound. Um, it's yeah, just, it, you know, go on. No, I was going to say it's, it's, it's part of, you know, that evolution. It's you've, you've played her for so long that, you know, and that's that's another question, but you know how how well do you feel that that you know her, and how much of you has creeped into her? That's like I definitely like yeah, it because of like over five years now. She it does it's weird when you voice like I've never voiced a character for that long, like mm -hmm. the same consistent character, and yeah, it it. It definitely, like, when I'm recording it, it definitely feels like I'm reading it, uh, like, I'm reading it, but I'm reacting, I'm just, without even realizing it, reacting how I think Victoria would, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, I'm I'm outraged, like, if she's outraged, I'm outraged at the same <laughs> time, kind of thing. If, yeah. Or, like, yeah. Um, or if someone's, like, yeah, if she's offended, like, I'm offended or something like that, just while I'm recording. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like I have this clear picture in my head. Like you could just tell me the setting of the story, and I could be like, "Ooh, that'd be interesting for Victoria." Yeah, and it yeah, it 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 definitely like because yeah, it's it's hard to describe. She definitely 
feels like I definitely feel part of her kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, she might have, uh, like, over the years, she might have gotten a bit more, um, not <laughs> not as high class maybe because I'm voicing her, <laughs> like, <laughs> Asian. <laughs> I'm sure she's a lot more proper and I've kind of put a bit of the uh, ruffian maybe <laughs> a bit more and, than she would be. And I think I like that. I mean, you know, yeah. character just like we evolve over time, I think our characters yeah. should as well. And you know, I mean, I think in the in the latest episodes uh, or one of the one of the last three that it was, you know, I wrote the 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 Piper storyline the last three yeah. episodes. And I don't know which episode it's in, but there's a point where she's like, you know, I'm over a millennium old. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like a thousand <laughs> years old. Not, not, you know, at least from her perspective, because she bounces around in time a lot. But yeah. I, I mean, I think that she's definitely evolved over time and, and she, she has this impish quality that, you know, has always been there and has kind of come out more with your portrayal of her, which I really like. Um, but I mean, she's still very sweet and she's kind and she's a lot nicer than I would be to people that she meets. Um, oh which is yeah. Great. She's, she, yeah, uh, she has a lot of, uh, uh, restraint, just very good. She's a, I think she's a people person kind of thing. Yeah. yeah like she, she knows exactly, uh, like if she wants to annoy someone, she could, she, I think she knows exactly <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. if she wants to keep someone calm or something, she knows what to do, but if she wants to piss someone off. She could do that. Like she, uh, is it like apathetic, uh, empathetic at the same time, but knows exactly how she, to get a reaction or to get people, you know what I mean? Exactly right. the right thing to say. She's of. there to guide them to a decision and she yeah. does her best to do what she needs to do and be who she needs to be yeah. to try to get that person to make the right choice. Um, you know, sometimes people require for, it's just like children, I think. I mean, I think that she sees um, not in a, in a, in a derogatory or condescending way, but I think she sees a lot of her visitors as children, you know, oh, even yeah. though she's the child in appearance to them that, you know, her physical attributes and, and her voice and everything, she's obviously a little girl, but she's been around for a long time. And I think that she's just like, she sees the people that, that come there as children that need to be guided and taught a lesson. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think that it's like from reading so much, you just get to the point. Yeah, like she, I'm trying to work. It's hard to put into words, but um, <laughs> oh god, it's, it's like an, there's these a are hard an, questions. Yeah, Whew. there's certain ineffable things that that are hard to really describe. It's just kind of yeah. She just, it, I just love reading it, and she always has like she like super quick, yeah, and things like that. It's like she'd be wicked at like. Uh, some sort of like stand back, uh, stand up comedy kind of thing. Like, <laughs> she, she can like, man, she's got the quickest quips ever, like, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Um, which is, uh, I think, I like, I love that part. Um, it's cool. Uh, yeah. So I have a, I, I have a question from someone named Susan who said that. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, Victoria seems very real. I think this is partly because of the quality of the writing, but obviously part of the quality of the voice acting as well. Uh-huh. Do you ever find yourself feeling creeped out a little bit, like Victoria is talking through you or possessing you? Uh, I don't like, like I said, sometimes like I'll finish reading a, a story and there's like a couple where uh, Victoria is like mad because something has happened or something like, an injustice or something 
right. when I finish recording, I'll be like, oh, I'm pissed off. And there's no reason <laughs> for it. Like, it didn't happen. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't the one that just had to go through it. I'm like, ooh, that's, ooh, that wasn't good. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the um, residual emotion. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've got all worked up for no reason. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, Victoria's got like like I I voice the words, but she's got like a whole life of her own kind of thing. Um, it's uh, it's it's weird being like uh, it's like because I've always seen the lift like uh when I try to describe it to people, I'm like it's like the Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, but like the host like your Twilight Zone, your Rod Sterling. They're like a proper character. They're part of the story, right? Um, and she's like such an important. It's kind of like a bit of a nerd, but like he's she's kind of a bit like the Doctor and like Doctor Who kind of thing. Like it's the only thing that kind of connects everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she like yeah I I, I don't. Mm. She definitely brings her own life to the table. Uh, yeah. Like her, like she, it's made it really easy for me to voice her over so many years because yeah, you just, you just start to get me as a voiceover. You just start to get to know how she would say things or how she would react to things. Probably mumbling and just saying the same thing over and over. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very accurate because I mean, you know, when you get to play a character, it's fun to play lots of different roles, but it's also there's a special um, reward to being able to play a, a, a recurring character. Um, you know, I've for the private collector, I've played Frank Enfield for for a long enough yep. that he starts to become a part of you and you start to bleed into that character. Um, cool Nelson character. doing the librarian, <laughs> you know, he oh, said, I love the library. Yeah. When he when he plays the librarian, it's just like there's a. I've watched him do it. There's like a physical change that occurs. Like his, his mannerisms yeah. change, uh, his face changes, you know, it's his uh, voice yeah. changes. I, I tend to smile a lot. Like when I'm doing Victoria, I, t- yeah. I tend to sit up a lot. Like I'm like, um, and sometimes if I know, like, cause I, I, a lot of the time I read my lines and mm-hmm. I've realized I, cause I'll know what she's about to say. I like look up, like I'm looking at an adult or something like that. It sounds really weird. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> like, it, I think it helps. It's a bit more method. Like she's talking. She's obviously, she's a child. So she will be looking up at someone and maybe that helps like my diction or something, but I'll look up as if I'm talking to a, a person. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's cool. I mean, cause like I was, with Nelson, he's done the library. I mean, the librarian and Victoria, I think are kind of similar characters in some regards because they're so. Oh yeah. They're so outside of. I mean, they're they're both human, but they're so far removed from humanity in in, in certain ways. Um, you know, like he said, whenever he plays the librarian, it's almost like he's channeling the librarian. It's it's yeah. uh, and and you know, I mean, it's a lot of it has to do with the, the the writing too, where you get to know the character so well that, like, when I write Victoria, she sometimes will say things, or I'm typing and and she just says something. I'm like. Well, that's not what I thought you were going to say, or yeah. it's not what I intended for you to say. Sorry, you um, for a curveball kind of thing. Like, exactly, exactly. And I think that's the fun part of writing, and it's it's the fun part of voice acting too. Is when you you find something in the character that you didn't expect, or yes. you know, you're looking at a line on the page, but whenever you actually say it out loud, 
you're like, oh, now this sound, this has a different meaning now than that it's been spoken out loud. Oh, yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'll get scripts like that, uh, which is always fun. Because like I say, like, oh, I know how she'll say it because like I've voiced it for so long. But sometimes like the scripts and that, I'll get like, get chucked a curveball and it'll be like, whoa, that's not how I thought that was going to go kind of thing. <laughs> like, ooh. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, it's a very weird, yeah, it's a very, it's a, thank you very much for that question. It's definitely <laughs> through. I wish I was prepared. <laughs> well, that's was, the I've, that's the fun part yeah. of this. Is like, oh, that's the best part. The, it's a, yeah, a nice raw, uh, you know, unrehearsed answer. That's what you want, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Chuck sent a question, and Chuck is actually one of the the writers. He's written oh, yeah. the couple Christmas stories, um, the the Josh Conway where Victoria gets to to grow up for a, a night, the German story where they're saving the children. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so hi. a lot of his stuff, yeah. So a lot of his stuff is very <laughs> World War II based. He he has a, a a book that he's been working on for quite a while, and the characters in his book show up in 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 the lift quite often. Um, so his question was: With all the different authors writing stories for the lift, have you ever been surprised by some of the situations they put Victoria in and wondered how the heck am I going to be able to make that work? We're going to go ahead and take a quick break at this point, and when we come back, we'll get the answer to this question and more. With all the different authors writing stories for The Lift, have you ever been surprised by some of the situations they put Victoria in and wondered, how the heck am I going to be able to make that work? <laughs> I'm trying to... Oh. I remember a couple of earlier ones, and I think because like I was still new to it, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of specifics. Um, the latest ones um, were definitely a bit like, ooh, this is different. <laughs> um, uh yeah, like being slightly older Victoria and not quite Victoria. The one that I think mainly from a voiceover one is when I had to do a southern accent. That was, I think that was the hardest ever. Not character-wise because the character was still very much like Victoria. Mm-hmm. But definitely the voice work. I apologize uh, to anyone uh, that has that kind of accent. It was, oh, horrible. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I thought, I think we, before we started recording, I told you, I thought that was a great performance um, <laughs> because I wouldn't expect Victoria to be able to do a spot on Southern accent. True. Very true. Uh, yeah. She is English. So yeah, maybe yeah. that was her trying to do her best impersonation. Right. She's um, trying to blend in. So, so we're talking about um, the, the story where she was, the, the character she was playing was Justice. Um, it was the war right. story. Yeah. Um, the other one, I think. Another one that uh, I think it was the first one underrated as well that I it it, it took me a few goes because I wanted to get it right was uh, is the season one finale uh, where she's narrating. Oh yeah, she's uh, telling her story. So we're talking about she's telling Plummet. her story. Yeah, yeah. Plum, that's the one. Um, I remember that one was quite because it was like yeah, at the end of season one that was like a full on. And, it was and, more and you were be- sick too. I remember. You just, yeah, so, I had. You had a sore throat. Quite, yeah, yeah. And so, I, oh, I couldn't. I there was like three days. I literally could not talk. And Dan's like, "Oh, I've sent you this like your big, your big one, the season one finale, which you're narrating." And I'm like, "Oh, so sorry. I'm like the worst." And yeah, <laughs> I, I was still slightly sick. Um, so I had that, but also it was just like because the story was about her rather than 
it being about someone else and her kind of helping them through it kind of thing. It was like a personal kind of story. Right. You get to find out why Victoria is stuck there because, you know, as we've alluded to over the seasons, the the folks that that choose poorly or don't make the right decision end up stuck in the building. Exactly. It was when I got to the end of it. And actually, it was when I was editing it and I was listening to your audio and mixing and everything. I mean, I had read the story a number of times that, you know, Cindy wrote it and read it a number of times. But I finally got when I was editing it, I was like, oh, this is why Victoria is stuck here. She made the wrong choice. She yeah, chose... that I was like, oh. <laughs> like it's, it's not even a twist, but I remember just being like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's like the question I always had is like, why is this poor little girl stuck in this building? I mean, I know yeah. this was her destiny and that she's supposed to be this guide and, you know, kind of like there's a lot more backstory that that hasn't been revealed yet. You'll probably get some yeah. of it in the new season, um, especially when we go back to. Uh, England when Victoria was a little girl and 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 learned some things about her family and you know why her parents weren't actually supposed to get married and things like that that mm-hmm. you know result in Merritt and Victoria being born and a lot of the a lot of the secrets will not a lot but some of the secrets will come out we like to be oh, I, we like to be judicious with our secrets <laughs> oh I love law any yeah. kind of law I love law <laughs> it's fantastic yeah. Uh, but yeah I mean that that for me too was a surprise we get to the end that I'm like oh I get it so She's actually this. She's the first. I don't want to call it victim, but she's the first student of the building, where yeah. you know she chose poorly, so she gets stuck there, and yeah. and Merritt also chose poorly, so he gets stuck there. So they're stuck like the there. first two that are supposed to learn their lesson, and and I think it wasn't until late in season three that we we did a, a story set far far in the future where Victoria actually does get to leave the building finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's 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 always fun, you know. I mean, we have so many different writers that that create her that she's become this very nuanced, very real person that, you know, is a lot more complex just like a real person than she would be if just I wrote her or just Cindy yeah. wrote her or just any of the authors wrote her. Um and you get to meet her at like lots of different points in her her timeline. So, you know, from week to week you may be getting, you know, 2 or 300 years apart from where she's been. Um and, and then other times you're getting her, you know, right after the the previous episode. Oh, yeah. Um, that was that was actually a lot of fun when we did um, the Von Homlin. It's a story that I'd been toying with for a long, long time. And, and I wanted to create a situation where Victoria kind of has the source of her power taken away from her and she's out of her element. And how does she react to it? Yeah, like uh, she, all she's got is her natural kind of wit and charm kind of thing rather than a whole building like or and her music box kind of thing. I right. yeah, I really enjoy doing those ones. Yeah, I mean those are the fun stories. It's like, you know, what happens when Thor loses his hammer? What happens when Victoria yeah. loses her music box? You know, what what yeah. will she rise to the occasion? You know, how how will she solve this situation and, and especially pitting her up against someone who has another object of power that was created by the same creator that created her music box. It's just yeah. it was a lot of fun to just kind of see the opposites and how they kind of played against each other. Yeah. So do you have any favorite lines or situations that you've, that you've done for the show? Oh gosh. I, I, I remember one of the first times saying elevator in American voice. That was, oh, that was, fun. that was I, tremendous. Still one of my I, favorites. I, I, yeah. I just, <laughs> or elevator as you call it. She just elevator. did. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, I just remember, I was like, like part of me is like, come on, Victoria, there's no need to, 
make fun of their voice. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Yeah." laughs> but at the same time, I think like she's kind of cheeky, kind of. Thing. Yes, like, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I oh, there's like there's a few funny like I think the quips like sometimes she'll just hit back at someone and they're really fun. Like anytime she's cheeky or like mm-hmm. uh, there's or she, sassy. Mm-hmm. I love like sassy Victoria. Like someone. Oh yeah. Oh, she just says something, and then you're like, oh, I love getting to voice those. So I'm like, I wouldn't say that in real life to anyone, but I'm going to say that as Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it actually makes me think about the, uh, the, the quick sketches that you did of her with like different facial expressions, which is still one of my favorite pieces of Victoria. Um, oh, yeah. Where you did like her smiling and her angry and, and her upset and surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's got a whole range of emotion she does. Um, yeah. She's a very well-thought-out character. And I love, like, even though she's, you know, she's like a nine-year-old girl that's, like, lived up in, you know, Victorian England times, she's very, uh, um, what's, well, like, um, she's very open to, like, anyone. She's very progressive. She, had a, she never, like, mentions or anything or is bothered by any differences or anything. Like, she's there to help. She doesn't care, like, anything else. It doesn't bother her. Right, exactly. You know, it, yeah. it's she's a very progressive, strong female character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's been great to be able to voice some. Like, I hadn't, uh, my voiceover uh, credit, like, a lot of the time I'd been voicing, like, uh, uh, NPCs in video games, which was, like, woman like you'd be i'd be like woman three and then i'd get given a list of like okay so your npc uh like here's a few lines but because it'd be like um like they could be like a skyrim mod or a game that's being developed like skyrim and it would be something like okay so i need 10 different types of death rattles um one where she's like she's being drowned another where she's being stabbed another where she's like drowning um, I also need like a help the town halls on fire. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these guys are very deep. <laughs> yeah, it, you did. Uh, you did what? Uh, a thief project, didn't you? Yeah, that was like that was one of my first ever ones. That was like a god. It was so long ago. Um, you had to die multiple first, ways. <laughs> yeah, that was my first one of my first ever voiceover. Uh, jobs was for a game called the dark mod and it was made by these uh basically video game producers that in their spare time they loved the thief series so much that they made their own kind of thing based on um i think i think it was like a doom 3 mod but it was basically a whole game and people could make different maps um for it and things like that and uh so you could go in and make your own like quest and map and so i was like a i i was a few npcs that you could just put into your map um, that could, so you could steal stuff from or like, uh, and things like that. So yeah, I had like three pages of different ways to die. And I'm very, <laughs> at the time I'm very new to voiceover and I get yeah. given this and I'm like, I got to sound like I'm drowning. Um, so I had like a cup of water and I'm like gargling water. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I always remember that job. Cause like, uh, cause yeah, it was just 
Chris, it's like, oh, dying because gas bomb has gone off. So your roof, like, it's <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's true. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was dying from, from slow re- a slow acting poison or uh, being hit by stone rock. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Different from being hit by an axe, apparently. So yeah, <laughs> I need different go. noise for that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. One's more slicey and the other one's more thunky. Exactly. So <laughs> I love Victoria because she is a very well-rounded character um, who's uh, like uh, she's – I love characters that are also um, – she's, uh, she's well-rounded. So she has her strengths, but she also has her flaws. Like in no way is she like a Mary Sue that – She's not a character that just has, it's like, oh, she can do this, 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 and she's absolutely perfect and nothing, she's never done anything bad ever. She's mm-hmm. like, even though she's clearly like a supernatural being, she's like, in the way she's human, she makes mistakes. Yes. Um, and, but I think in Victoria's case, she's very, because she's very, uh, she's wise beyond her age, even when she makes mistakes and she realizes she works on them. Like yeah. they're only they're mistakes that she doesn't re- continue to repeatedly make them. Um, she learns from them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like uh, I think what the inexorable Halloween. She's trying to save the the three girls that get killed while they're oh out that one. Yeah. Now yeah. I remember that one. Uh, that one I was like, oh, that's really full of <laughs> that one. Like yeah. I loved voicing that one because I was like, "Oh, that's really rough." <laughs> yeah. It's like she's just so devastated. She does everything to try to change it, and yeah, you know, and the librarian has, yeah, and the librarian has to yeah. explain to her like, there, certain things have to happen. You know, yeah. you can't change these things, but you had to learn that lesson yourself. And yeah, I, I made reference to that in um in in one of the the latest well the latest episode that was actually part of the fun of writing. That three-parter was, I actually called back to quite a few prior episodes, um, including that one. And, and, you know, when Victoria is explaining to to Jackie that you can't alter time, things have to happen. Yeah, because it's like she's learned that herself. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's there's so many other things that she's been through that um, when I wrote Nine Ways to Die, I I expected that Victoria was going to send the man that shot her father to the basement. Um, and when I was writing it, it, it didn't come out that way. It was basically like, I'm going to give you a chance to change. And I'm just like, she's so much better than better I would than be that. in that situation. Yeah. She like, yeah, she's, uh, she, she doesn't want to, she, she knows that like, yeah, she needs to be the better person and being the better person means doing it right. Not just being vengeful or right. taking revenge. Like it doesn't help her. It doesn't help anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's still she's still super pissed off, and you can tell oh, how angry she is. But she's, and she's like done like, but, but I think like she did it that way because she's learnt that being vengeful or or being angry or something it doesn't help anyone in the end, really. So right, yeah, it's still okay to feel that emotion. It's still okay to to be there, but oh yeah, ch- choosing the punishment isn't isn't just like about revenge. It's about trying to make things yeah. better in the future. Yeah. No, so yeah, I like I said, I love that because she's she's a well rounded character because like she's got so many different aspects. Um yeah. and yeah, like a a a character one that I think people relate to is one that they can empathize with and because like they see all aspects of her, not just the good and not just the bad kind of thing. Right. Um if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she's she's nuanced because of that. Yeah. You get you get to see her flaws and 
you get to see her evolve and change and I, she becomes you know a window character and like you said she's she's not a mary sue it's not like she just has these magical abilities you know sometimes she struggles to find the solution and sometimes yeah. she's in despair herself because she doesn't know what to do um yeah. the, the the story that i mentioned the, the storyline that i mentioned uh, prior to us starting to record that uh, Christopher Long's writing for um, the Patreon supporters um, is another situation where we're going to find Victoria and Merritt interacting again and her being in harm's way and, and yeah, getting tricked and fooled and, and in a circumstance where she has to kind of use all of her wits to get out of it. Um it's 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 rough too. I mean, it's like I was talking to Chris about. I was like, "Well, you be careful writing this story because when I wrote, yeah, you know, when I wrote the um, the Von Hamlin storyline, the the Piper stories, um, and I was I was kind of almost torturing Victoria by putting her in some of these really uncomfortable situations. Uh, yeah. Was whenever I had pancreatitis and appendicitis and secondary infections and all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah. she's really not happy with me. She's trying to kill me, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. Like I haven't been on the writer's uh, side of it, but I'm guessing, yeah, you need to be like the headspace you need to be in, yeah, as well. Like it can affect or change different like ways you go about it and things like that. Absolutely. I'm not. A, yeah, it must be. I can only imagine how hard it is. <laughs> I, I remember getting asked to like, oh, just having to write anything, and I'm like, I have no idea how to put like thoughts in that to paper so when i read some of these stories i'm like how the bloody hell did they think (laughs) (laughs) well you know that's that's part of the i think that's part of the like from the writer perspective uh chris long and i have both kind of talked a little bit about it that there are some creepy weird things happen when you start writing victoria's stories um yeah where you know certain synchronicities and coincidences occur and, and stuff like that um and i don't want to reveal too much of that because yeah. a lot of that actually ties into the upcoming story. So maybe once that's done, we'll, we'll get together again and talk a little bit about it, but it's, it's, there's some strange oh, yeah. things that occur around the girl. I mean, I've always kind of felt that she's existed out there in the ether and, and I just found her. I didn't actually create her. So. Yeah. No. She, I, yeah. That would be fun to be like, uh, do an interview after be like, Oh my God, did you, could you, I could not believe that happened. Like, yeah. oh my God, she was Cthulhu the whole time. I had no idea. <laughs> That's tremendous. That's yeah. tremendous. So um, that brings me to a question that I have here from Christine. How would you react if you ever got to ride Victoria's lift? And do you think you'd oh, get along? <laughs> I don't know if I'd get out of there. <laughs> um. I definitely like that would it would definitely be cool. I don't think my story would be nearly as interesting as like ninety percent. It would be, yeah. I'd, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be like seeing some sort of shadowy figures of a past that's been left unsolved kind of thing. It would be like, man, it'd just be Victoria going. Every one of your former roommates says you were pretty like unorganized and like you never did the dishes. <laughs> like, you you gotta go back and do them now. <laughs> like, yeah, probably be. Yeah, I guess there are worse struggles than that. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I'm very low down on her priority, Jane. <laughs> Not out of like uh, that I'm all kind of. Uh, 
like I've never done anything wrong. It's just I think my stuff is quite boring compared to <laughs> a lot of stuff that she gets to deal with. <laughs> you know, when I was when I was in my twenties, I, I lived uh, rented a house with with uh, two other guys, and uh, we would have rotations on doing dishes and stuff like that. So. Oh, like, yeah. You know, this week is your week. This week is your week, and we would kind of rotate the chores around. And I'll tell you what: this one time, um, the two of them were back to back in terms of doing the dishes for two weeks. I, I refused. I refused to do anything. Like I'm like, fine, we'll just let it sit then, because yep. they were just so awful. So when it when it became when it was my turn, basically I had to clean up the entire kitchen because we were like using old margarine tubs for cereal bowls. Oh at that yeah, point. I oh <laughs> like I wasn't great myself, but I remember like because yeah we had a roster, and I would do them. Mm. Um, like I probably like I sh- sometimes I'd be like, well I need to rinse that again, kind of thing. But I remember, yeah, I had I when I first went to uni, I had a I lived on the campus and I had five there was five of us in this tiny house and I'd be like, all right, I've done mine. And then four weeks later, it, there was like, most of them were still there. Cause I have refused to, I'm like, nope, not mine, not my turn. <laughs> and there would be stuff growing like in them. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. So like, I, I, I'm, I've never been good with dishes, but I was never that bad. I think as a, when I was a young adult, I always justified it as like, well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I don't yeah. let stuff grow. <laughs> but yeah, uh. that's actually where I was going with it. It's kind of funny because <laughs> there was someone had like a sandwich with tomatoes on it, and they left yeah. a little piece of the bread with the tomato there. And when I got to it, the tomato seed had sprouted, and there was uh, a tomato yep. plant growing out of the sandwich. And I'm like, oh yeah, my god, we had that with potatoes. <laughs> they sprout. Terrible. Uh, yeah, not good. That's awful. Oh, Maybe so that's bad. some good, like a uh, nightmare fuel, like some sort of like body horror. Uh, yeah, now like, I need to write that lift episode. <laughs> yeah, just someone like who's terrible at housework. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably something in that. <laughs> there, there well, the lift be. needs a proper fixer upper. There's like a, you know, everyone's got that room where it's like just your bits and bobs room, maybe. I can't imagine what the lifts bits and bobs room looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Probably like some sort of eldritch horror living in there. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. There you go. Ah, I've got an idea. (laughs) There there may be part of that coming up in in an upcoming special lift series that is Ah. only available on Patreon. Oh, there you go. I just did an unintentional uh, Patreon uh, shout-out without Well, Victoria revealed something to you that that only the rest of us knew. Exactly. Um, So I wanted to ask you, too, about um, some of the other stuff that you do. So you are kind of a a Renaissance woman. You you don't just do voice acting. You're also an extremely talented artist. You've done some art for the show before. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to do a bit of drawing. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you've done, I, I have a couple of your designs hanging up on the wall here that I got oh, from yeah, your store. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're quite old, those designs now. Like, I, I'm sure, like, uh, it's like any person that's creative, well, like, likes creative. It's like, yeah, I've, I'm kind of that way inclined. If it's anything logical, sporty, or anything like that, I'm absolutely useless. Um, My one, like pursuit is like kind of creative things 
But yeah, because those designs are like a good four or five years old, I'm like, oh, Dan's got those hanging up. Oh, I really need to do something better. <laughs> I have a blue dragon hanging up. Oh, yeah. oh god, which is awesome. And then I have uh, I have a mug with a. Um, oh, I... that was like my first ever digital piece. Oh, <laughs> I really need to do. I need to just send you new things. But then, and get in four years' time. Maybe it's not a bad thing because in four years' time, I'll want to send you. New ones as well. <laughs> That's the way that it all works. I mean, I, I actually, in preparation for interviewing, I went back and I listened to, you know, a couple of the earlier episodes and I was actually kind of surprised that I wasn't more critical of you know, like early editing. I mean, there are a couple where I'm like, yeah, I could have, I could have edited that a little bit better, yeah. but I mean, overall, I think they, they still hold up. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with, you know, the final result. And I think that has oh, a lot yeah. more to do with the talent of the writers and the, and the voice actress uh, than it does with anything that I've oh, done. Oh, yeah. I think, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and you can tell, like, uh, their first episodes, like, how different, like, production quality-wise a lot of the time. But mm -hmm. I think the lift, like, there's definitely, like, I had a really shitty mic. But I think overall, like, it was pretty good quality for what it was, like, at the time. Like, it's it was pretty high production. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist there. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I've... I think it's like, yeah, I've listened to podcast, like some of the most listened to podcasts in the world, their first episodes, their first few were like, oh, terribly edited <laughs> and like not equalized and yeah. they're peeking all over the place. So we were yeah. pretty on ball, uh, like on the ball kind of thing, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it, I, I did, you know, the, the old show that I used to do, Ninth Story Podcast, prior to that. And I also had a season at least most of a season of doing the first, because uh, I took Wicked Library over season six from Nelson. Um, I had at least part of a season, if not the full season of, of the, the Wicked Library under my belt at that point. So that definitely helped. I think I made all my mistakes on Ninth Story Podcast, which is why you can't find my early episodes unless you really, really dig for them. <laughs> um, because they, I mean, it, while they were great in terms of I think the topics that we covered and the discussions that we had, there were some of the, the audio mixing, at least in the first season that I think was a little rough, but uh, you know, we got past it. And um, you know, the, the thing with the lift or, or Victoria's lift, as we call it now uh, was the, the evolution of the sound design, because I think I relied a lot on sound effects, at least the first season, maybe the first two seasons. And I started to come to this feeling that, the the sound effects weren't so hypercritical because I didn't want people to just be like waiting for the next sound effect. Um, so it kind of evolved to where the effects are really, they have to be characters if I'm going to put them in the story. So like yeah. the lift itself is definitely a character. Victoria's music box. Oh yeah, box, you know, yeah. yeah oh, a door box, opening. You, know, you don't need to like narrate being like the music box started. Like yeah, a lot of the time you could just have it and you're like, ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's fun too, because as we move forward, you know, I've kind of settled on this idea that I've had all along that the music box actually has conversations with Victoria. And oh, you know, yeah, I love that. To us, it sounds just like, you know, it's playing a few notes of this or a few notes of that. But to her, it's actually like a full on conversation that she understands. Oh, yeah. I've always kind of seen that as like a Han Solo Chewbacca kind of situation. Right. So exactly. Like... <laughs> exactly. Because she's all by herself. So, I mean, you have to give her a friend to talk to. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's had enough time to, uh, basically tr uh translate or understand i think yes absolutely um and do we want to talk a little bit about your you just finished with fringe fest 
Uh, yeah, yeah, you could. Uh, so, it might so, be a different audience than the lift, but yeah, I. Um, no. See, I don't think Victoria <laughs> would have any problem. I don't know oh, if she no, would do it she, herself, but she'd be like, yeah, you know, good she, on you. She's a bit young, but yeah, she'd yeah. probably like cheer you on. She'd um, be like, good no, on you uh, for doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Fringe World in uh, is a, a fringe festival in Perth where I think it's um, it's one of the largest in the world. Um, we love our local art scene. I think and I think it's it's either the biggest in Australia or the second biggest. But it's basically a big festival of um, all kind of uh, all kind of art shows, uh, like a lot of stand up comedy, music cabaret and burlesque and uh, all different stuff and this year's fringe festival was obviously it was mainly more local people because a lot of people couldn't come over mm-hmm. um normally it's more like uh international stars but obviously it wasn't that much this year and it was funny because halfway through so i uh, i do burlesque uh local burlesque um which yeah i've only started doing in the past couple of years but uh i think it's more like like I did start doing voiceover because I loved my community theater and burlesque reminds me of that. Like it's mm-hmm. a lo- it's very much it's it's theater at its core pretty much. Um, and like I always liked more of my comedy theater. And funny enough, burlesque like a lot of local burlesque is it, like all my acts are like comedy themed. It's normally me falling over and a piece of clothing <laughs> falling off or something like that. And it's normally to cover the fact that I've actually fallen over and it's like <laughs> ad lib that my tops come off or something like that. So uh, I'm not very good at I'm not very good at like the serious sensual uh, burlesque. I'm terrible at that. It's normally me making a fool of myself. Um, it's but slapstick we actually, meets burlesque, huh? Pretty much. Um, and unlike, like, we've been very lucky in W in Western Australia because we, um, since June of last in 2020, we've pretty much had all our venues. We have like no COVID, pretty much. Yeah. So we've been in this little bubble that we are very appreciative of because we could, we can basically, like, we can't really leave the state, but we get like life goes on as normal pretty much where I am but we we this is how different like our state is compared to the rest of the world we had uh halfway through fringe we had a single case of like at the first case in 10 months of a case being transmitted locally so rather than like a return uh person on a flight like a return traveler like a security guard had caught a COVID from one of the hotel quarantine people and because of that one case, we went into a snap five-day lockdown, um, which was halfway through Fringe. So uh, most of my Fringe shows, like I'd done a few, like well, I was, I'd done a few uh, before then, but my majority of my Fringe shows were during that five days. So they all got cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, they've been like rebooked. Uh, like I've got one next week. Luckily for me, it's actually they're all now more spread out. So okay. Like gotcha. it sucked at the time, but now I actually prefer it because I rather than being like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, but yeah, so uh, Berlesque is very like um, I uh, it's like it it's open to all different like Berlesque. A lot of people think like oh, it's kind of like a, a sleazy kind of woman, you know, on stage. But it's it's one of the most open progressive kind of communities I've ever been a part of. It doesn't matter what like gender you conform to, what age you are, what 
body type you are, like everyone, it's literally one of the most diverse communities yeah. I've been involved in. And that's, it's like, I remember my friend going, oh, I've started burlesque, you should come uh, and do it. I was like, I can't do that. It's like, um, at the time I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm not the body shape. I'm, I'm short. I'm not, I'm not skinny. I, I can't do that. And then I went and watched my first burlesque show and it was all about like people getting on stage and dancing and celebrating. Like everyone was unique because everyone is unique. Right. So like everyone stood out because no one's the same. Um, so it became like a, all of a sudden I was like, oh, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter. Like there's people that have grandkids um, and there's people that have just come out of, like that have just turned 18. And there's people who uh, like were very open to people of all different genders. So it's not just like a female and female presenting. Anyone can do burlesque kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, like you would think, like I think traditionally, like burlesque, you're like, oh, it's kind of like an old sleazy thing, but it, it's weird that, it, yeah, it's one of the most. Yeah, it's, open I mean, there's, there's actually. Been a part of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very, um, it, it, I think it's very empowering for the performers. Um, oh, because, yeah. You know, they're in control of it. There's a lot of confidence building that occurs from, you know, I have quite a few friends that, that do burlesque, and, um, you know, I just, I, there's a, there's a big difference. Not to disparage or 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 say that it's not a worthy art style to people who do stripping, yeah. yes. but it's 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 totally a different genre. Um, oh no, it, I I always say the difference between stripping and burlesque is strippers get paid uh, well. <laughs> burlesque <laughs> we get paid in exposure, or you get the occasional gig. You might get and you might get a free drink at the bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's stripping is a, is a lot more. Um, there's a lot more sex involved in, in terms yes. of there's a lot more sexuality involved and, and you're, you're definitely teasing. Um, there's definitely a lot of allegories to actual intercourse that occur in oh, stripping, yes. you know, not Whereas, only in the way that you're presenting and moving and, you know, if you're doing a lap dance, that's something totally different too. Oh but, yeah. Um, burlesque is more, I mean, not that it's not sensual, um, but Oh no. And I, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely more of like your, perf- it's, it's like a performance. It's the performance and it's, it's where the performer, if the performer wants to take you down a sensual route, because that's what they like, that's what like they're taking you on there. You're like, um, they're not being persuaded by the audience to do something like they're the ones, yeah, they're putting on a play kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and every different performer and every different performance is different. So burlesque can be like, uh, it could be full on, it could be uh, like a Charleston dance, it could be ballet, it could be a stand-up act, it could be mm-hmm. uh, like physical theatre. It Like it's not just like you say, like people say, oh, it's dancing it, it, or like it's teasing. There's so Like I've seen people do a jump leap splits onto the floor kind of thing or like a backflip while doing burlesque. And then sometimes I've just seen people do like a five-minute like physical comedy routine where there's not a single piece of dancing involved kind of thing. So it's I think it's different, but it also like it allows people to get their creative like um, theatre, like mm-hmm. their need to be on stage or something. <laughs> and at the same time, like you you get to work on yourself and be more confident in yourself. Yeah. I before I started, 
I would never wear like I didn't like the way my legs look so I wouldn't wear like short shorts or I didn't like the way my upper arms look so I'd never wear anything without sleeves like and within 10 months of doing burlesque I was tassel twirling on stage uh, with (laughs) that and a very small pair of underwear on so you very quickly become like you're like you become you become very comfortable with who you are and Mm -hmm. you realize like uh, like if you and like we're all human, so some days I'll still be like, eh, I don't like that. But a lot of the time, it's the parts you don't like or something like. But that it it makes you who you are and what makes you different from everyone kind of thing. Um, and like it's it's one of the like burlesque. I remember uh, no one in my family had done it or really heard of it, so I was mortified to see what my family. <laughs> I was going to think about it. I was like, oh, God. I remember my mum being like, you're not going out wearing that, are you? So I was, like, mortified to watch you think of burlesque. But um, I told when I told her, she was like, oh, that sounds cool. And she she came to my second ever solo performance, which, like, uh, when I started, there's a burlesque school in Perth and they do graduation shows. Like, like, a, <laughs> like you're graduating from high school, but you're graduating from burlesque kind of thing. Um, and I was doing a solo performance and my mum on the day is like, so I invited a couple of extra people, uh, your grandma, your aunt, three of your cousins, <laughs> one of your second cousins. Oh, great aunt. Uh, your sibling and all like that. So it was literally like 10 members of my family at a table. And I was like, mum, you explained what this is, right? I'm taking clothes off and I'm going like, I twirl tassels at some point. <laughs> fine they'll be fine and I was like oh okay and I did it and they like they that luckily they they really enjoyed the performance but I was sitting with them after and I was surprised they loved every single performance like everyone they loved they're like oh can we come to the next one I'm like oh I'm not like in the next one they're like yeah no, that's all right this, these are fun <laughs> like, <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> Right. Don't even be better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, even better. Don't have to worry about. Yeah, no. I think I like, just picture Granny just being like, "You get up there and be sexy, now." Yeah, go on. Yeah, like like I said, it's a lot easier when they're comedy ones. But uh, but yeah, no. So uh, it's good when you get that support. My only, I don't know. Like you could probably cut this out if it's too much. But my uh, I have a friend who she does burlesque too, and she lives on her parents live on the same street. And her mum's very supportive and comes to every show. And that one particular night, I'd like, uh, I'm new to the net. Like, we bought a house here. Mm-hmm. And turns out, just it was just before the show, I went out and said hello to her mum. And she goes, Oh, um, come meet. Literally, there was like five people from my street as well that I'd never met before, <laughs> that they live on the same street. And I was like, Oh, hi, I'm number 29, you know, at the back. Um, and that was the first and only ever time I popped a tassel and I didn't realize. So they've seen oh, a lot no. more of me than I expect. <laughs> um, so I hadn't met them before, but oh, they sure met a lot of me that yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> tremendous. That's hilarious. <laughs> of course well, it would be that night that you pop a tassel. Exactly. It's the only other time I've done it. But it, it definitely, you know, it, it breaks the ice, I guess, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, number well, 29, oh, I've seen her. I've seen yes. her. 
She hasn't seen me, but I've seen her. Yeah. yeah when, 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 when you see the, the, the neighborhood folks hanging out with binoculars at your front gate. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, name Papa Tasso. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's something we haven't seen before. Yeah, um, exactly. No, I mean, that. that's there's definitely something I I. I I guess it's it's exposure to it, and it, it makes you feel more comfortable and a definitely. confidence builder. You know, I mean, and I can't even compare to, to burlesque because I've never done anything like it. But I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is, you know, you know, I, as I was telling you before we started recording, I've, I've had some some medical issues and I've had some some home care where nurses have to come in and see parts of me that I usually wouldn't show to anybody. Yeah. Um, oh, you get used to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I used to have modesty. Now I'm just like, whatever. I mean, not like I'm going to walk around naked outside. Oh, yeah, or anything, no, it, but uh, like yeah. In, in that medical setting, I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Um, oh yeah. I'm the same. Like I still wear, I, like I go to work, I wear my professional clothes and things like that. Uh, <laughs> you don't wear don't... one of your outfits from burlesque. No. Come on. Now. <laughs> Maybe sometimes on, you, know, sometimes. on uh, you know, like casual uh, Friday. Uh, Casual Friday, exactly. Um, I think that's the only thing is like, because uh, sometimes, no, I like obviously I'd never. Some people are not that like super conservative. They're just not very comfortable, and that's completely fine. Uh, and sometimes I'm always like, please tell me to stop uh, talking about it because I can go into a lot of detail. <laughs> like if you're not comfortable <laughs> with it, I will stop now. <laughs> like, because I was the same. I remember my first ever ballet show. I got changed in a toilet, like because it was like a. A graduation show so everyone mm. just gets changed one big um like dressing room yeah. and i didn't even take my first ever burlesque performance i didn't even take any clothes off i was like a little beginner showgirl routine um <laughs> and i got changed got changed in a toilet cubicle because i was like oh it's a bit naughty and now i'm just <laughs> now it's just like walking around going oh yeah these tests are they even i don't know can you help me paste these on yeah because oh it's been like that like i've got my my hands my my polish is setting my nail polish is setting can one of you just whack those on for me like like, yeah i think yeah it's definitely it's definitely like when you find a community that is like comfortable with that kind of stuff and yeah yeah, it's it's not till after that i was like why did i spend so much time like when i was younger and that worrying about what I look like and things like that. Like now, couldn't you two craps about it? <laughs> like, well, Victoria um, would be very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, if, yeah, maybe that would be the thing. Would be, uh, she'd probably have to find me at a burlesque show, which she actually that would be a big challenge for her because she's not allowed in. She's under eighteen. Well, she looks right. under eighteen. <laughs> correct, exactly. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, she's under eighteen. Yeah, she yeah. wouldn't be able to look. She wouldn't that's be allowed right. in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's tremendous. And yeah, I mean, even whenever she, even whenever we had her age up, thirteen, still too young. So yeah, too young, too young. That's right. But right. <laughs> like, uh, on the thousand. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I've literally probably seen like the Moulin Rouge and like all these <laughs> actual shows. I've that's seen right. like yeah, but no, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> So, um, I don't, I don't really have a wrap up or anything like that. I mean, I feel like we said at the beginning, you know, this is going to be kind of us hanging out and talking. If people want to eavesdrop on it and listen, that's fine. I just, you know, we, oh, we I'm haven't... so sorry to those listening. I probably <laughs> mentioned the same thing 50 million times. No, I think we did good. I think we did good. Um, so yeah, so this was, this will be, um, something we'll have to do again. Um, I just wanted to kind of, 
I, f- I felt it would be fun to kind of do a behind the scenes kind of inside the music box type of thing. Oh here. yeah. Oh, I like that. Inside yeah. the music box. There we go. That's the title. Inside yeah, the go. music There's box the with Amber Collins. <laughs> yeah. Meet meet the fantastic woman who plays Victoria. Oh um, god. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I mean, some people probably will will give up on us halfway through or or twenty minutes in. But uh, for those of you who are still listening, um, we'll we'll try to do some more of this type of stuff in the future. And we do have an upcoming interview with Victoria herself as well. Oh yes, uh, which will I'll, which will be a lot I'll, of fun. Uh, I'll tell her. <laughs> That's right. You let her know. <laughs> let your alter ego know that we'll be having an yeah, interview exactly. with Victoria coming. <laughs> Uh, th- that one requires a little bit of preparation because there's uh, some editing and things that are involved in uh, yes. obviously creating Victoria. So what is so what does Victoria sound like whenever you're recording her? Uh, maybe uh, that's our wrap up. So if oh you were gonna God, if you yeah. were gonna if you were gonna be Victoria, <coughs> it, what is what does she sound like before? It we also apply makes effects? me sound like uh, way less impressive. Uh, to and it's a bit of well, a glass shattering. I apologize, everyone, that I tend to pitch up my voice just a bit. I don't know if you. you it makes it easier. <laughs> yeah, it makes it way easier. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, like, hello, my name is Victoria. I think that's like the best. That's perfect. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we could do Victoria interview live. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I need a script for Victoria, otherwise it'd just be me rambling for an hour and a half like I have now. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, no, that's pretty good. I think we came in just around an hour and a half, which I think is is kind of perfect for an interview like this. So yeah. um, I'll get it out there. I'll let you know when it's when it's available if you want to um, subject your friends and family to it. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Yeah. But, but this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking oh, yeah. the time to do it. No, that's all right. It did. Oh, man, that time flew. I didn't even realize. I just I looked at the time. Jeez Louise. That's what happens when you don't talk to someone for two years. Yeah, that, true, that's true, such true. a weird thing about, like, I was talking to my friend John Girls, who does uh, Creepy and who did Small Town Horror. He, um, yes. yep. he and I have talked about, recently got together. We we've actually did, a, a like, a Zoom call uh, a few weeks back. It was the first time we've ever saw each other. It's the first time we ever talked to each other. Um, it's just such a weird thing about, you know, the way that most podcasts, most audio dramas are produced these days. And especially in COVID times, um, you know, we were talking about that too uh, the other day with Throwdown Thursday for, uh, for their podcast. I was talking to, uh, Patrick about it and, and it's just like, you know, it's part of the way that things are structured. I mean, our industry, if you want to call it an industry, is kind of COVID proof because we have people from so many places all over the world that are recording in their closets or their basements or their own recording booths or their offices or whatever. Um, We get all this stuff, pull it together from all over the world and put it together. Um, You know, for the most part, aside from the normal challenges that voice actors have faced, like now their kids are at home and they have to worry about what they're doing. Oh, yeah, sound's going to do it in between tantrums (laughs) or something like that. Right, Uh. right. Um, But it's just so weird, like... We we correspond. You and I correspond regularly. Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like we know each other well, but you know, we've never met. Um, I don't think we've no. ever we've never seen each other live. Um, no. And you know, when when this world changes and goes back to normal, um, I'm, I'm going to have to come visit you and Andy and and, and hang out for a few days. Or oh something. yeah, if, oh yeah, come to Perth. I'm sure <laughs> it's completely different to like America. Yeah. Plus, you got a beach. Yeah, we got a beach. Yeah, we've got beaches. Uh, I'm trying to think what else we got. 
a couple of shops. <laughs> yeah, a, couple, a few. One or two. Got a few. <laughs> a few shops. You got burlesque yeah. performances. Oh, yeah, you got that. Yeah, come during Fringe, you can get all the comedy, <laughs> music, feel. That would be a blast. Be a blast. Yeah, yeah I mean, people don't know this, but we uh, we did a live show. Well, people know we did a live show uh, yes. for for the Wicked Library, and um, there was a Lyft episode that was part of that as well, and you uh, you recorded pre-recorded all your lines, and we had a, a great yeah. great guy that you know, set everything up and played everything as, as part of the the show and the timing was impeccable and it was like you were there, but uh, we had actually, we were supposed to do a, a new live show uh, last, last fall. Yeah. And of course COVID being what it was that got canceled, mm-hmm. but uh, we were, we were trying to get you over to, to, to yeah, be part of I, the show. I was like, Ooh, I've never been to America. So I was super keen to, yeah, like help out and like go over there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> COVID, but yeah. it's probably better that I like if if I had come over, it probably wouldn't have been the best for everyone. <laughs> like so, and yeah, we wouldn't have been able to tour. So yeah, uh, yeah. But so, I'm sure it will happen at some point, or we could have a uh, the lift down under one day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hear that, listeners. Support the show. <laughs> send us lots of money, and and we'll come to your town yeah. and perform live. Yeah, the- You'll get to meet Amber, and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> Hey, yeah, and if anyone's a fan in Perth that I don't know of, uh, I'm sure, like, uh, people that I've told about it. But if if we've, if I've missed you, um, flick me a message. We'll go That's have right. a bev somewhere. That's right. You get to hang out with Victoria. <laughs> oh, or at no. least the voice of Victoria. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think hanging out with, having a, a pint with Victoria probably would probably end up in some sort of shenanigans <laughs> probably probably i think yeah, she's well, a teetotaler but uh yeah 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 i don't think she oh she wouldn't be drinking the pint it'd no. be a pint of tea that's what yeah exactly and she'd drink it and she'd, she'd she'd have a sip of beer and curl her nose up and say it was yeah awful. exactly oh no i can just picture it. that's awful yeah exactly there you go there's another tip for another future episode that's right that's right <laughs> well again thank you so much i really appreciate it you're most welcome